This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we continue in our series called Strategies for Stressful Times. In these lessons, Rick shares biblical wisdom for navigating difficult and stressful times so that you can experience God's peace and thrive in any situation. But before we get started, we want to let you know that very generous friends of the ministry are offering a $100,000 matching grant. That means every dollar you give right now to help Daily Hope share the hope of Jesus around the world will be matched up to $100,000, making your gift go twice as far. You can find out more by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part two of a message called, Jesus' Secrets of Resilience. Now here's the third secret of resilience that we learn from looking to Jesus as our model. I know that God loves me. I know who I am. Here's the third thing. Know who I'm trying to please. Know who I'm trying to please. In other words, know who you're living for. Now this is the principle of motivation. You need to know what is your deepest motivation. If you don't know that, if you haven't figured it out, you are prone to get stressed. What motivates you every day? You see, mixed motivations are a third great cause of stress. Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. This third cause of stress is trying to please everybody. The truth is you can't. You get crowd A pleased, crowd B ticks off, get ticked off. About the time you get crowd B happy, crowd A is upset again. Did you know that even God can't please everybody? Somebody's praying for it to rain and somebody's praying for it to be sunny on the same day. Somebody's praying for some team to win and another's praying for another team to win or this guy to get elected and somebody else is praying for somebody else. You know, as a pastor, I have learned that for 42 years, I'm always disappointing somebody. Why? Because everybody has different expectations. Okay, they have different expectations. The Bible says the fear of man is a trap. It will capture you. It will cause you to stumble. That's why Jesus says in John 5.30, I'm not trying to do what I want, but only what my Father who sent me wants. I know who I'm trying to please. Now, if you're not trying to please God, in all likelihood, you're trying to please a bunch of people. It's a whole lot easier to say, I'm just going to focus on pleasing God and let the chips fall where they may. Because if you please God, it'll always be the right thing. If you don't please God and you're trying to please others, you just get stressed out with what this person wants, that person wants. This was the third reason Jesus was so stress resistant. He was only trying to please one person. Notice there on your outline, John 8, 29. I always do those things that are pleasing to him. And if you're pleasing God, it's always the right thing. It also simplifies your your life. Because I don't have to worry about, am I pleasing everybody else? I'm just trying to please God. Jesus never let approval, or for that matter, rejection, control him. He lived for an audience of one. As I mentioned earlier, Luke 16, 13, no man can serve two masters. You can't please multiple audiences. He focused only on pleasing God. Now, this is what you need to do if you want to be resistant to stress and if you want to be resilient to when you get knocked down. Galatians 1.10, Paul says, I'm not trying to be a people pleaser. 
This is Paul. I'm not trying to be a people pleaser. No, I'm only trying to please God. If I were still trying to please people, he says, I wouldn't be Christ's servant. I love that in the New Living Translation. One of the biggest myths that will make you miserable is this. I must be loved by everybody in order to be happy. That's just not true. You don't need other people's approval to be happy. But let me ask you, right now, whose approval are you depending on for your happiness? Who are you still trying to please? Somebody been trying to please an unpleasable parent and they've been dead for a while. You know, we love to blame other people for our stress. I have to do this. I must do this. I can't do that. You are as free as you choose to be. Nobody can pressure you without your permission. That's why the third secret of resilience is know who you're trying to please. Jesus said, I know who I'm trying to please. I'm only trying to please my father. I'm not worried about anybody else. That's why we're looking at him as our model. Now, here's the fourth thing that Jesus did. Here's the fourth secret of resilience and resistance to stress. I need to not only know God loves me, I need to not only know who I'm trying to please, I need to not only know that um, God has called me, that's the fourth thing. I know my calling. If you you wanna be resistant to stress, you need to get alone with God until you know your calling. I must know exactly and believe exactly what God has called me to do with my life. Now this is the principle of vocation vocation. And until you clarify this and it becomes crystal clear in your mind, you're going to be more prone to getting stressed out. But when you know what God's called you to do, you know what God has called you to do. You also know what God has called you not to do. In other words, when you're sure of your calling, you know what's your business, but you also know what's none of your business. And that simplifies life too. Jesus knew exactly what he was called to do. Here's the the fourth thing. In John 8, 14, he says, I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. To me, that sounds like a purpose-driven life. I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. He lived a purpose-driven life. If you're to look up the word drive in the dictionary, it means to guide or to control or to direct. When you drive a car, you guide, control, direct it down the street. When you drive a, a nail with a hammer, you drive, guide, control, direct the nail into the wood. When you drive a golf ball, hopefully, you guide, control, direct it down the fairway. Every life is driven by something. Some people are driven by guilt. Some people are driven by fear. Some people are driven by uh, the pressure of others. You're going to be guided through life by either pressure or purpose. Let me say that again. You will be guided through life by either pressures or purpose. And that's why this is know your calling, know your purpose. We have a whole series of classes on this at Saddleback Church. And when you know your purpose, then you you determine what's important. The purpose or some people's idea for your life. What am I saying to you this weekend? that the direction of your life is your choice, okay? And and by clarifying your calling and go, you know what? God shaped me in a certain way. That means I, whatever you're shaped to do is what you should be doing. When you know your shape and you know what God's called you, then you can avoid the tyranny of the urgent. 
And until you clarify your calling, you're going to be controlled by others. How many times have you already learned that God loves you and everybody else has a plan for your life? <laughs> James chapter one, verse eight says this, a person who has doubts is thinking about two different things at the same time. They can't make up their mind about anything. The Bible says you're wishy-washy when, you, when your purpose isn't clear, when your calling isn't clear. That's why Paul says in Ephesians 4.1, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Everybody has a calling, not just missionaries or pastors or church leaders. Everybody has a calling. Some are called to be pharmacists. Some are called to be accountants. Some are called to be school teachers. Some are called to be cab drivers. Each day you need to ask, am I moving toward my purpose? And that leads me to the fifth principle of resilience that we learn from looking to Jesus as our model. And here's what Jesus did. Number five, focus on what matters most. Focus on what matters most. Now, this is the principle of concentration. We've talked about, uh, you know, motivation and we've talked about you know, the compassion of God. This is the principle of, of concentration. And what I mean by this is when you know where you're headed and you focus, then you're, you're not distracted by less important things. It's a matter of priorities. You know what matters most in life and you focus on those things. As I said, everybody has a plan for your life. You know what I've discovered? That if Satan can't get you to do wrong, he'll just wear you out with too many good things. Yeah. Yeah, good things, there are a lot of good things you shouldn't do. Did you know that? Jesus was a master of concentration. He was a master of focusing his life. He focused his life like a laser and he refused to be distracted. Let me show you some verses. Luke 9, 51. Here's an example of this principle. As the time drew near for his return to heaven, Jesus moved steadily onward toward Jerusalem with an iron will. That's the living Bible. What does that mean? He had a goal. He knew what his goal was. He knew he was going to die in Jerusalem. He's persistent. He's determined. He's focused. He focuses. He's clarified his priorities. Paul's the same way. Paul says, this one thing I do. Paul didn't say, these 40 things I dabble in. That's what we do. We dabble in 40 things. This one thing I do. If you want your life to count, if you want your life to have impact, focus is the name of the game. You know, you have incredible spiritual potential, but the barrier is often you haven't really settled what's most important. I don't really have time to serve God. I would rethink that one. Okay, I would rethink that, knowing that one day you're going to stand before God and he's going to say, what did you do with what you were given? You know, some guys gave that same excuse to Jesus. Uh, Lord, let me first go do something else before I follow you. And that phrase, let me first, that's always the problem, me first. You can't say, Lord, let me first. Lord and me first are contradictory. Jesus said in Luke 9:62, anyone who lets himself be distracted from the work that I planned for him. God has planned a work for you to do. Anyone who lets him be distracted from the work I planned for him is not fit for the kingdom of God. The older I get, the more I realize 
Selection is the name of the game. Lots of opportunities, lots of options, but the key to effectiveness is selection. 1 Corinthians 10.23 says this, We're free to do anything, but not all things are helpful. Not all things are profitable. Not all things are wholesome or constructive to your character and your spiritual life. I love that way it's brought out in the Amplified Translation. What is he saying? Some things aren't necessarily wrong. They're just not necessary. That's one of the keys to resilience. It's one of the keys to stress resistance. Thank you so much for listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We've got some incredible news to share with you. Very generous friends have given a $100,000 matching grant to this ministry. That means all this month, every dollar you give to help Daily Hope share the transforming love of Jesus with people around the world will be matched up to $100,000. So $50 becomes $100, $500 becomes 1000 and so on and so on. Whatever you give today will be doubled by the matching grant up to $100,000. But only till midnight December 31st. Anything not matched will be lost. So please give your best gift today. You can give right now by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. We'll say thanks by sending you this year's brand new Daily Hope Prayer Journal. Again, that's PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Thank you so much for your support. Here's Pastor Rick with a letter from one of our listeners. Friends, here's an incredible testimony from a woman named Amy in Indiana about how she used a Daily Hope devotional to lead her own son to Christ. You could do this too. Here's what she wrote. Dear Pastor Rick, I've been carrying a burden this past month for my 15-year-old son who had not accepted Christ. But last night was the night. I finally went into his room and I asked him, and he told me, no, that he hadn't accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. So then I asked if he would like to, and he said, yes. Well, I had him read the prayer of a salvation attached to the Daily Hope devotional. And then I prayed with him, and I prayed for him. Wow. Amy, what an incredible, precious moment that you were able to lead your son to Jesus. It's the most important thing you'll ever do as a parent. And I'm so blessed to hear your testimony, and I hope hope it encourages every other parent to be faithful like that. I want to just pray for you and your son right now. Dear Jesus, I want to thank you for caring so much that you made a way for us to become a part of your family so that we can join you in heaven one day. And thank you for giving Amy the courage to ask the question. Thank you for giving her the courage to talk to her son about you. And we're so grateful that he's accepted you into his heart. Now we ask you to give him a receptive heart and help him to get into God's word on a daily basis. We know that's the way he's gonna grow. So thank you, Lord, for Amy's obedience. And Jesus, Right now I'm praying for more and more people to do what Amy did, to have the courage to step out and share their faith with a friend, a neighbor, a loved one who doesn't know you yet. I'm praying that you will give them just the right words and just the right time to share just the right message of your salvation. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Now, my friends, there is nothing more important you can do than lead somebody to Jesus Christ. Your life can never be considered a failure if somebody's gonna be in heaven because of you. You've helped them settle their eternal destiny. In fact, that's why daily hope exists. It's simply one more method to help you tell more and more people about the forgiveness and the hope and the salvation and the love and the joy that's found in Jesus Christ. Through daily hope, we can work together to help other moms and dads like Amy and others reach their sons and their daughters for Jesus Christ. Now, I'm always grateful for your prayers, and I'm always grateful for your financial support, but you may ask, how important is your donation to Daily Hope Ministry? Just ask Amy. She's got a son who's going to be in heaven because you gave. Thank you, everybody. By the way, this month only, any gift you give will be matched by very generous friends up to $100,000. This matching grant is only available until midnight on December 31st, so please contact us today. You can give right now by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. We'll say thanks by sending you this year's brand new Daily Hope Prayer Journal. Again, that's PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Thank you so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our Daily Hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.